listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law. Today, we have our second part of our two-part series all around the topic of business insolvency and in particular, recognizing the signs of insolvency. This episode and the previous one have insights relevant for both businesses and accountants and other professional advisors that work with businesses. In providing insight as to the warning signs that we should be looking out for and what to do if we're seeing some of those troubling signs. Now, if you miss part one of the series, head over to our website at talkinglaw.com and look for episode 35. In that episode, we had on board a fabulous guest, Anthony DeVries from DVT Group, talking about the most common theme that he sees in business insolvency. He also talked about examples of the consequences of leaving it too late. And on the upside, he also talked about uplifting examples of what can be done with clients that get help early enough. And we also talked about the risk of personal liability for directors. So if you want to hear all about any of those topics, then head over to our website and look for episode 35. But in today's episode, we discuss the warning signs of financial trouble, how to recognize these warning signs and what to do about them once you see them. Hi, Anthony. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. We were talking about recognising the signs of insolvency and the last thing that you'd started talking about was bad record keeping, basically. So poor cash flow is the biggest issue. It's difficult to know what your cash position is if your financial records are disorganised or they're incomplete, or in some cases, you don't even understand how to read them. You Oftentimes, the directors will come to me and they will say, but we're doing so well. We're making so much. Our business is thriving. We've got record sales this year compared to last year, and but I'm having trouble actually paying all the bills. Mm. I, I don't understand why. So if you drill down a little bit, sometimes they're accounting procedures aren't right and they're getting the wrong information from the financial records or they're not understanding it. So, And it happens a lot in retail. I had a, a retailer, another uh, white good type retailer, uh, washing machines and that sort of stuff. And he would, he would actually go on advertising campaigns. And this was up in Newcastle. He would go on advertising campaigns and he would actually generate all this extra sale that would come through. And so he would think he was doing great. But what he, what he was doing, though, he was selling things at more at less than what it actually cost him to buy it. Wow. So, so it was a false economy. And so in, in his world, there was the supply, the main suppliers to those sort of big electrical goods. They would have rebates and stretch targets and all these complex ways where they would get more money back. But it clouded the actual true cost of what it was or what money he was going to get to be able to pay for the cost of this, these goods. And so the more he sold, he was thinking he was doing a great thing, the more he was losing. Wow. <laughs> and so, but 
the day of reckoning always comes when there's not enough money in the bank account to actually pay all your bills. Mm. So, so when you see that, you've got to start wondering something is wrong. And sometimes, sometimes people can even not having enough money in the bank account can be masked as well because your banker will actually lend you more money. So your overdraft gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Then their day of reckoning doesn't come until the bank manager says, "Well, you're at your limit of your overdraft. I'm not going to give you any more." Had these guys had proper financial information at the very beginning, they wouldn't have even allowed the overdraft to get to that point. They could have actually taken corrective action earlier. Mm. So financial record keeping is critical to know where you are. Because I think the other element in this that I sometimes see is directors or shareholders then starting to tip in more money to the business because they have this underlying belief that the business is growing and that anything that is growing is good. Yes. Without taking the right financial advice to really understand if they're growing in the right way. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, Joanna, you're right. So like you can have good growth and you can have bad growth. Now, they're not technical terms. That's just something I sit down <laughs> to make it really <laughs> Really, yeah, really simple. My washing machine retailer was having bad growth. For for the life of him, he thought he was doing really well. Mm. But in his case, so we get a lot of people, we get people that come through and the, the signs that a business is growing puts pressure on the cash flow of that business. Mm. So when you have businesses that are growing, they do get the similar signs of cash flow pressure as a business that's actually struggling mm. or, or, or shrinking. So that's another reason why the director doesn't ask for help because mm. he's going, look, you know, this month we turned over, let's pick a number, a, a million dollars in sales, whereas last month was 800000 and our forecast for next month is $1.2. Mm. We're, we're doing very well. So, you know, it's very easy to sell things below cost. Mm. Customers will find you when it's below cost. The, the trick <laughs> is to be able to sell things. <laughs> well, sorry. Good point. I like yeah, it. I, I've, been, I've been doing it for a long time. So, yeah. so you, you know, you see it strip, strip bare as to what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's, there's other things if you want me to go, go through those just quickly, but that's the most important part. I mean, like these things are sort of symptoms rather than causes. Mm. So a symptom would be is that you haven't got any money to invest in repairs or maintenance. Mm. You'll go, oh, you know, we can't afford to service the the, the big um, D9 Caterpillar. We'll do that next month when it's due. And then what happens is you you don't do those services and then all of a sudden the engine blows up and you mm. be up for your expense. Mm. And that's, you, you know, true of many, uh, I guess, not just of equipment in a business, but also looking at the elements of the legal foundation of the business or building other aspects of the business as well and the protection around those other aspects. It's that having, you know, not having the money to invest in building the right infrastructure around your business as it grows. I guess there are other possible indicators, aren't they? There are. And it comes back to this concept of making sure you can sell your product for sell your product or your service for enough to cover the cost of that. Plus, the actual cost of the infrastructure that you need to be able to put you in the environment whereby you can provide that service or product. Mm. Okay, sometimes this is a sign when someone's leaving it 
really towards like, you know, 11 or 10 minutes to midnight, the bank will start knocking on the door. Now, the bank won't knock on your door in the early days because they'll think things are okay. Mm. And they won't be there when the early signs come about. They'll be there towards the end when the ladder, when it's starting to get very serious because the bank will be worried about their own personal position. So the bank won't be doing you any favours. They're looking to, to make sure that they don't lose any money. They'll let you run up until that limit. And then when they start seeing you sort of hitting the limits that they have, they'll start bouncing some of your checks or they'll, you know, tell you your overdraft limit is, is approaching or, you know, they'll see that you didn't, they'll default you on some of your loan or interest payments. That's a, a clear sign that you should ask somebody straight away. Mm. Where am I really at? Get an assessment for where your business is really at. And if you can, you can identify where it is the, the leakages are and then you can rectify those. And if with prudence, hard work and a bit of luck, you can actually avoid the disaster. I guess another one that occurs to me that I see sometimes that sets alarm bells off for me is when we have clients that have overexposure to a large amount of money that they're owed from one particular client or one particular group of clients. Because I think it's also important for business owners to recognise the possible insolvency signs or signals from their clients because that's a big issue for them if their clients end up having to be wound up and they end up with five cents or 10 cents in the dollar for you know money that's outstanding to them. So from my perspective, that that's certainly one thing that for us is a warning sign when we're dealing with clients. Absolutely. And it's it's very common in the construction industry. Mm. So you'll have a subcontractor who does work for a builder and he will have a too high concentration of just working for that builder. Now, if that, if that builder is doing work for a developer and that developer can't pay the builder, that builder can't pay the subcontractor. Mm. And then the subcontractor's actually lost 80% or even more of, of what, he's, what he's owed. So if the subcontract, so the subcontractor needs to keep an eye on making sure that that builder is making his payments regularly mm-hmm. and so he doesn't get too far behind. When he starts falling outside of normal business terms, if he says, like, pay me once every fortnight or pay me once every month or whatever it is, you can't let a month go where you don't get paid because you'll let that one month go, he won't pay you for that month. You go, oh, they'll give you an excuse not to pay you the next month and then all of a sudden it's three, it's three months in and then you've got three months in. Yeah, you exposure, been, yeah. That's right. And it's very difficult to say no mm. because – because you're doing the work and that's what you are. You're a, you're a tradie, you know, you're an electrician, you're a plumber, you're a concreter, whatever, form worker, whatever it is, that's what you do. And so you're happy doing what you do, thinking that everything's going to be okay. But if you're doing that and you don't get paid for it mm. and, you, and you have to find the money to pay for your suppliers and your employees, you actually lose out. Mm. He would have that subcontractor would have been better off saying to the builder, no, I'm not doing any more work. And then taking the month off to try and find another builder to get more jobs to go and do work somewhere else. Mm. So, you, so you might, he might miss one month, but if he continues to do that work, not only is he not going to get paid, he's also incurring liabilities that he has to pay others. Mm. So if he takes that one month off and he's not in doing any more work, he's not incurring that extra – he's not getting any money coming in, but he's not going 
backwards mm. on the other side by having incurring debts to pay others. Mm. And so, and then in that month that he's got off, he's gone and found himself a new builder to go and do work for mm. that will pay him, which in longer term. So you've had one hiccup of one month rather than the guy who goes, I'll just work for three months and then all of a sudden, bam, the builder goes down, he goes down. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. So it's really about being the squeaky wheel. And uh, if your squeaky wheel isn't working, then getting the hell out of there. (laughs) Yes, yeah to other clients that are paying. And I think uh, one of the things that I often see as a warning sign is when we're seeing payments coming into our clients that end in round figures, you know, when invoices aren't being paid in full and we're seeing part payment, which often then means they're round figures rather than um, the actual invoice amount. So I think that's also a warning sign that we sometimes see. That's right. And, And then that by itself is not necessarily caused for extreme alarm, if I can say it that way. <laughs> if you've, if that's one client out of your portfolio of 20 or 50 or 100 or whatever you might have, that's okay. You can carry that. But if that's your, let's be extreme, if that's your one and only customer, bang, you actually have to understand there's going to be a problem. Mm. And that, that problem is actually, it's, it's almost like a virus. His contagion is going to infect you and then you're going to suffer. Mm. Yeah. And so then, so when businesses are at the point where they've identified that they probably need to get external help or someone else to just have a look and see whether there's strategies that they should be putting in place, where's the first place that you would normally start? If I'm the owner, I would actually start with my accountant. Yeah. And my accountant should have a, a relationship with someone like us. If, if he doesn't, by all means, they can, they can contact us and we're, we're more than happy to, to help with the accountant and help with the, the business owner. Mm. The accountants, they shouldn't be scared of that conversation either because sometimes it's, it's a difficult conversation to have. No one likes to talk about failure. No one likes to be challenged with severe consequences. Mm. And sometimes these directors are very time-consuming when it happens because it's it's important and it's complicated and you're dealing with a lot of unknown things and you're dealing with a lot of noise as well that can be a massive distraction. So for the accountant, their best role is to actually just identify, yes, this is it, this, this needs some expert help. And then from that point in time, get in touch with us or someone like us to actually refer the, their client to come over to us and we'll have a look and then we'll take it from there working with the accountant. And when we're finished and these guys have been recovered, they go back to the accountant and then the accountant actually, you know, has got themselves a client that will continue into the future. Because mm. if the accountant gets caught up in this, it's not their day-to-day thing. So they won't do it as efficiently as what we would be. It would take up, it would be a massive drain on their attention and their limited time. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be able to, to, to devote enough attention to the other clients that they have. And oftentimes it goes unpaid. Mm. And if, if it's unsuccessful, they, they, don't get, they don't get their money for, for the extra hours they put in. So it's almost like the, if, if, you're a, if you're a parent and you've got a number of children, there's generally one child that requires more parenting than the others. Mm. They just take up more time and they're more demanding. And this particular thing here would, in this case, the accountant has that particular client that just requires more attention. 
And the stakes are so high for them with these types of clients, aren't they? Because, I mean, it's a really emotional time for business owners when they're cash strapped, when there's this risk of losing their business. The stakes are high for the accountants, particularly if they're not 100% sure that they know the best course of action, uh, I think, for their, for their clients. Yeah, and they can, they can get drawn into it. Mm. Can be, it can just start off with a simple conversation and it goes to another bit and another bit and another bit and then all of a sudden the, the client is ringing three, four, five times a day every day. Mm. What do I do here? What do I do there? Not trying to alarm the accountants, but <laughs> they potentially, in an extreme circumstance, could be regarded as being a shadow director. Mm. If the director keeps coming out, oh, you know, I've only got 50 grand this month and I've got, you know, 100 grand worth of people I've got to pay, which one should I pay first? Mm. The accountant goes, oh, here's your schedule, do this one, do this one. He's really acting as a shadow director. Mm. And why Why would he put himself in that position? Because if he is a shadow director, he's personally liable. It's un- un- unlikely, I, I, I admit, but it's possible, yeah. Mm. And it doesn't make sense for the accountant to do that. It doesn't make good business sense for that, for that particular accountant to put himself into that position. He's better off saying, go and see these guys, like go and see DBT. They actually are skilled in the thing. They know what to do. They'll show you the way forward. Yeah. And have you seen any examples of accountants dealing with business owners for too long and holding on too long before they come to you and then you finding that essentially there were issues with the approach that could have been resolved if you had have gotten in earlier? When somebody comes to us, our approach is, What's the issue? What are the alternatives? Let's work out a solution. We don't really point the finger on going, well, had you have done that, it could have been this way. And if that person over there shouldn't have said what they said. So I just put it into the broad category that they came too late rather Mm. than sort of saying the accountant went too long. The accountant will know themselves whether or not they actually carried on an area that they went too far down the road and they were no longer adding value to that particular business. So hard to say, Joanna. Mm. Like thinking about, you know, the 20-odd years we've been doing this, I can't think of one where I could say, yeah, the accountant actually misled them. Mm. Yeah, we're just not, we're not just not that judgmental. It doesn't actually, <laughs> It doesn't actually help in the solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I guess I'm just thinking from an accountant's perspective. You know, it's it's always useful to help understand where the line is because it's not a clear line, is it? No, you know, it's no. a grey line, and it can sometimes be helpful. I, I presume accountants who aren't specialists in this area. There's a lot of elements of you don't know what you don't know until you realise you don't know it, you know. So I guess it's just about, you know, are there there things that we can communicate to the accountants who are listening here that to help them in working out where this line is when they really should be moving it out to someone who's an expert in the area. It's almost like the boil, you heard the boil frog syndrome? I have, I have. <laughs> okay, so for anybody listening who hasn't, it runs like this. If you took a frog and put it into a pot of boiling water, that frog would just jump straight out, which like any reasonable person would do. But if you actually put the frog in a pot of cold water and then slowly turn the heat up, it'll happen so gradually that the frog ends up not realising and ends up getting boiled. Mm. So the accountant actually you know, starts off with great intentions it's his client. It's been his, his probably even his friend. He's been with him for, for quite a while. Mm. 
and he, each little bit by little bit, he just gets pulled further in and further in. He will know, the accountant will know when he starts to feel, when the phone call comes in and he goes, oh, gosh, it's Sam again. You know, yeah, he'll know. It's it's like, well, what, what am I going to say to him this time, or I've said before, or he, he will actually realise at that point. So at the beginning of that sort of at that feeling, that's the time he's got to go, mate, Sam. It's time you go and speak to TVT or, or somebody similar. Mm. And go, and I know these guys; they're really good. Give them a call. We'll go over together, or we'll get them to come over here and see us, and we'll let's let's we'll tell them what the situation is, and then they'll just tell us straight, right there, right right then, there and then, what it is that we should, or what our options, or what our alternatives are. Great. So things that things that when when something's broken, it doesn't get better by itself. Mm. Yeah, I think, and that's the fundamental point. I think that's a really a really good point, and and so I guess. We've covered some really interesting topics here today and important topics for business owners um, and accountants who are working with businesses. Are there any sort of parting last ideas or thoughts that you have in terms of, you know, what our business owners need to know to avoid, avoid insolvency or their accountants? Just recapping really, Joanna, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a case of know where you are at financially to so have good financial information and it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be complex I, I notice when we do work with businesses that are doing really well and we try to help then we help them you know, improve the a good business owner will know the key drivers of the business you know he, he, he will know if we sell $35,000 this week for reconditioned engines where we're in front He'll, it's very simply he'll be able to know what those numbers are because behind that he knows how much it costs him to actually keep the doors open and how much it costs to run the business. Mm. And, and so for the business owners is, is to know where you are financially. Now, if you need your accountant to help you find those key that, that key information, go for that. If you actually are feeling like you haven't got enough money to pay everybody and that's happening maybe for one, two, three months, it's time to put your hand up and have that conversation with the accountant. Mm. The accountants out there should actually, they may not see the guy's businesses once a month or every, every quarter or thereabouts, but they could have the conversation. How's it going? You feel like you're doing all right or you feel like you're going back, you know, falling behind. And then if they are falling behind, just drill a little bit deeper and get help. Seek some expert opinions, expert advice, or someone who's got more experience in this area but sooner rather than later. Great. Sooner rather than later gives you alternatives, but alternatives gives you a greater chance of success. And it is possible to come out through the other side stronger than what it was from before when you went in. Mm, great example that you talked about right in the beginning about your um, business owner that, you know, 14 years later is two yeah. and five times more. I think that's a that's yeah. just such a good example yeah. of uh, the benefit of getting in early. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Anthony. If people want to contact you, how do they get you? Do you have a website? Where should they go? Yeah, there's a website. It's um, DVT Group com.au and um, the phone number here is Sydney 963333. We've got five partners. Any one of us can actually help out in any shape or form when someone might want to ring in and, and ask. 
we're 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 here to help. We're not here to threaten. We're not here to sort of poach any accountants' clients because we don't do any of the traditional accounting work. We don't do P and Ls or BASs or tax returns or audits or any of that sort of stuff. So our our relationships are very transactional with people. So and we like to collaborate. Oftentimes we can get the accountant, and the accountant can learn from the experience of working with us as well. Mm. So. And I presume that's, that then is potentially a really big value add for them as well, all of the things that they learn that they can then pass on in the interactions with cl- other clients into the future. Yeah, collaboration is a big word for us and we like to find people that have, have similar value sets to what we do and we find that when we collaborate together, everybody succeeds and when everybody succeeds, everyone's happy mm. and that's not a complicated formula, but mm. it's it's one that's worked really well for us for the last couple of decades. Fabulous. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. I think you've covered some really important issues that here today, and hopefully we'll have you back in another episode later on at some stage talking about perhaps turnarounds. Maybe we, we can talk a little bit more about turnarounds in, into the future. I'd be happy to, Joanna. That'd be great. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for our two-part series, all about recognising and acting on the signs of insolvency with our special guest, Anthony DeVries. I very much enjoyed this discussion today with Anthony because it really hit on the human aspect of this area of the risks of company insolvency and it highlighted some great examples of practical steps that business owners and accountants can take to help avoid the risk of insolvency of a business and what to do when that risk is calling on the door. So just a quick recap of what we covered in this second episode of the series. We discussed the many warning signs for businesses and for their accountants in recognising trouble brewing before it's too late. And we also discussed the many benefits of getting help from professionals early in the piece. If you'd like more information about this topic, simply head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au. There you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you'd really like to read it all in more detail. There you'll also find details of how you can contact Anthony and you'll also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any of the items we covered today. So thanks again for listening into this two-part series. You have been listening to Joanna Oki and Talking Law. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.